All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Daily Faceoff podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 33 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by our friends from Betway. I'm your host, Brock Segan. we got Dylan D. Berthium, Michael Beams Bondi with us. Fellas, the trade deadline has come and gone. We kind of are at the point in the fantasy hockey season where the only thing we can really talk about are waiver wire pickups. Sure. So that's what we're going to cover on today's episode. Yeah. Good thing that's our favorite thing. So, yeah, no, no problem with that couple of decent names, and uh, it's, it's, that, it's that point of year where people just forget to pick people up. So there's some hilarious own percentages. So. And just another opportunity to talk about Nick Schmaltz. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but you said it. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't excite me too much. I'm like a kid on Christmas, but, you know, we'll Bef- get there. Before we deep uh, dive deep into the waiver wire and talk about some of the best pickups at the forward and defense position, uh, let's talk about the weekend streamers. Let's get those out of the way, D. So we'll hand it over to you here, as we normally do. Give us the best streamers for this upcoming weekend. Oh, my God. So much responsibility this early in the show. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a pretty wild weekend in the NHL. We got two games on Friday, super-duper quiet, and then shit just gets out of hand Saturday and Sunday. We got 15 on Saturday, 8 on Sunday. So, again... Uh, Just the worst weekend for yeah, me. Yeah, almost certainly your lineups are going to be overflowing on Saturday. So we're going to look at how we can get some extra games uh, into your lineups on Friday and Sunday. So we do have two teams that are playing the Friday-Sunday schedule this weekend. 
Uh, we'll start off with the Anaheim Ducks. They're in Calgary Friday night before traveling back home to take on the Predators Sunday. So as usual, not a whole lot to love in Anaheim in terms of what you'll find on the wire. Zegers and Terry both well over the 50% market ownership, leaving us with some rather slim pickings. Uh, but frequent listeners of the podcast should not be surprised to hear the boy, Mason McTavish's name here, 21% owned, center left wing eligible. Adam Pegged is one of my second half breakouts this season. Uh, he's done an admirable job in that regard, considering the forecast around him. He's picked up four goals and six assists for 10 points in his last 13. Shot volume has been inconsistent with just 22 shots on goal in that time. But still, even in the difficult matchups, McTavish's high-end skill and upside makes him worth a look this weekend. Uh, and that left-wing eligibility should make it easier to fit him into your lineup on Sunday when you got those eight games going. Um, and despite being sentenced to play with Anaheim Filler for most of the season, he actually has Troy Terry on his wing at 5v5 right now. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like, they've really been kind of just screwing uh, Trevor Zegers over, putting him with Brock McGinn's of the world. And, and McTavish has actually got a pretty extended run here with uh, with Terry, which has been really nice for him. Yeah. They, they've been really good as a duo. About damn time, man. Uh, skating on the top power play unit as well. Uh, so, again, not the best matchups with Calgary and the Preds, but McTavish is going to be a good bet to add to your point totals this weekend. Uh, moving on, we got Cam Fowler at 19%, potentially worth a look if you're a little late getting to the wire. Uh, and again, considering the relatively busy eight-game schedule on Sunday, there's a chance you might only be able to fit a defenseman in your lineup. So if that's the case, I think Fowler is a fine play. He's getting a ton of usage right now in all situations, uh, including, of course, quarterback in the top power play. He's been consistent all year long. He's got 37 points in 65 games. Obviously, he's a hindered year plus minus, so take that in consideration for Roto Leagues this weekend. Uh, but ice time will continue to rise in the aftermath of the Klingberg deal. So Cam Fowler, 19% owned, solid option this weekend. And then given the poor matchups, honestly really wouldn't look too much deeper than those two. But if you're in a deeper league, Ryan Strom at 6% owned could be worth a look as well. Just 31 points in 65 games this year, but is currently on the top power play unit and is the one skating with Zegers on the top line right now. And then moving on, the other team playing Friday, Sunday this weekend is Anaheim's opponent on Friday, the Calgary Flames. They're hosting the Ducks on Friday, as we said, before hosting the Senators on Sunday. So a pair of nice matchups there for sure. Definitely the team that you'd want to go after this weekend. Unfortunately, almost their entire top six is above the 80% mark for ownership. Uh, but luckily, they do have one of the best third lines in the NHL that are worth going after here. He's already 41% owned, but Michael Backlund is definitely the top selection if available in your league. He's got 41 points in 65 games this season playing just under 18 minutes a night, shooting almost four times a game, which is both impressive and necessary given his career 8% shooting percentage. So we got some subpar finishing skills, but that heavy usage and puck dominance at 5v5 makes him close to a sure thing to add to your point totals in those pair of games this weekend uh, where the Flames really should be bullying the puck at even strength. So just straight center eligible, that's the one knock here. So double check that you can actually fit him into your lineup Sunday before you go out and grab him. If he is unavailable or the loan center eligibility is an issue, his wingers, Andrew Mangiapane, 32% owned, and Blake Coleman, 12% owned, are decent consolation prizes. Both carry dual wing eligibility and offer a bit more goal scoring upside than their sediment backland. So keep that in mind if you are chasing goals this weekend. I would lean Mangiapane over Coleman, but again, I think they're both solid options. Um, and then if all else fails, nothing's available, or if you're in a deeper league, Jacob Peltier, 2% owned, could be worth a punt. Recently received a promotion of the top line with Lindholm and Toffoli, top power play unit as well, just yet to take advantage of it. But he is there. The shot volume has been solid. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say deep leagues only, but 2% owned. If, if you want to take the shot, he should be there for you. Uh, and then you might be surprised not to hear Dylan Dubé's name, currently buried on the fourth line. He's been solid when given the chance to play this year. So if he was to reemerge in their top six at all this weekend, which could definitely happen, uh, he, of course, would become an option as well. But as it stands, I'm fading him. Um, just to let you know, like, 
while they're listed as the third line in Calgary, I mean, some sources post that third line as their first line. If you take a look at the time on ice, at, like at least at 5v5, they lead the team in ice time. So for like all intents and purposes, they are their top line. So, you know, Sogard, or um, sorry, we're confirming Sogard right now. <laughs> Backlund, um, Coleman, Manjapani, all three are tremendous options. And I know I've talked about them a lot in the past. I talk about them a lot on my DFS show. Their puck dominance, their their scoring chance rate is among the best in the league, and like it hasn't wavered all season. It's just it's been incredible. I feel like it's year. been that year with Backlund's line for like five years now. Yeah, it, it always depends who he was had on his wings. But then like as soon as he got locked in with Blake Coleman, man, they've been good. And the Manjiapani obviously kind of gives him a little bit more goal scoring talent. Like that line has just been incredible from start to finish. So I would not hesitate to, to stream any one of those guys. Yeah. And I got them as my top three. I got Backlund at number one, but again, just keep in mind the loan center eligibility. And if you're chasing goals, then maybe you want to go after one of the wingers, but Mangiapane two, Coleman three is how I would bust it out. And then I got McTavish, Fowler, Strom with Pelche bringing up the rear. Uh, so those are my top seven streams this weekend. Go out and get them. Cause you know, they're going to hit. Um, <laughs> and then we'll move into the goalies back to backs. Honestly, almost half the league is on a back-to-back this weekend. I think it's something like 15 teams. So Bonkers. obviously not going to be well, going to Everybody them all. plays except for two teams on Saturday. So yeah. doesn't if there's eight games on Sunday, it's it's going to so be a seven mess. of them mm-hmm. at least. Uh, you'd be surprised. Really, there's only four starts that I really want to talk about here. For the most part, it's either some you know difficult matchups, coin flips at best, or it's a situation where it's uh, I think Minnesota Wild's got a juicy back-to-back, but you're not finding either of those goalies on the wire. Uh, and then same thing in Boston. They have a decent back-to-back as well, but obviously not picking up Swayman or Allmark. So having said that, we got four goalies left to talk about here. I'll go through them in order, least to first, in terms of who I would like to go after this weekend. Starting us off, bringing up the rear, we got Yaroslav Halak. You know, this is where he comfortably fits in every weekend, it seems. 6% owned. Uh, Halak appears to have what I would call the best of the coin flip matchups this weekend. The Rangers are in Buffalo Saturday before going to Pittsburgh Sunday. Obviously, you know, there's a small hope Halak gets the first game in Buffalo, but with 15 games on the slate, you probably don't have room for him anyway. Uh, So, again, I think it's more likely that he gets the start in Pittsburgh on Sunday. Not the best start by any means, but the Rangers will still be slight favorites to win the game, and you won't need to worry about fatigue being a potential factor for the skaters as the Penguins play the night before as well. So he comes at an obvious risk to your splits. 871 save percentage in his last four starts, but if you're chasing wins this weekend, uh, Halak's a good bet. Moving on, we got Brian Elliott, 5% owned. Uh, Lightning have Chicago at home on Saturday, and then Sunday uh, they're hosting the Jets. So if we knew for sure he'd be getting the Chicago start, obviously he'd be much higher on the list. Even on the busy slate, he'd be one of the bigger favorites to pick up the win uh, that night. I'm sure that Lightning are going to come in at like a 75% win probability or something like that at home to the Blackhawks. Uh, but Tampa does have a tendency to give the backup their weaker game in a back-to-back scenario, even if it is the first of the two nights. So there is a chance that happens. Uh, and despite his and his team's recent struggles, they'll, like I said, be a massive favorite in that game. Um, and he will be one of the best bets to get you a win, even if it is the 15-game slate. So uh, the busyness of the slate, though, and the fact that he could potentially get the Jets on Sunday uh, instead is what limits Elliott to my number three spot. Um, and then number two, we got with whoever ends up playing goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights this weekend. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Quick, 53% owned. Aiden Hill, 50% owned. Or Yuri Patera, who I think only his dad owns him in fantasy, 0% owned. <laughs> Uh, Vegas is in Carolina on Saturday before traveling to St. Louis on Sunday where they will be big, big favorites. Anyone's guess as to who gets the start right now. So there will be a situation to monitor here as we get closer to the weekend. Hill is missing tonight's game with a lower body injury, which leaves Patera to back up quick. 
The 24-year-old Patera, he's been impressive in the AHL this season, 916 save percentage in 27 games. So I would be, you know, somewhat comfortable spot sighting him against the Blues, even if it was his yeah, NHL Blues debut. Blues suck right Yeah, now. and the Golden Knights are a very good defensive hockey team. Uh, but, of course, I believe there's still some potential Aiden Hills back by then. I don't think we've gotten a whole lot about that injury just yeah, yet. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely nothing in terms of, like, any sort of timeline. They, uh they're, I mean, they're just running so thin on goalies. Yeah. So I wouldn't be completely shocked if they go to uh, to Jonathan Quick on both. Like that, that's he hasn't I... played a ton this year. Um, he, you know, he's beaten the Lightning again tonight. So far, he's been okay in Vegas. I wouldn't be totally stunned. But yeah, as you mentioned, Patera's got a decent track record at, at, at the AHL level. So maybe they'll give him a shot. They. I would um, think he's earned it, yeah. you know, yeah, with how he's least, played this yeah. year. And, and it's not like they're throwing him to the Wolves no. on Sunday. Yeah. It's the Blues. Clearly Vegas is higher on Jonathan Quick than we are, but I would be terrified about at the prospect of starting a 37-year-old goalie oh or whatever God, he is gonna two games in two nights, decompose. especially given his performance this season. So, yeah, uh, definitely a situation to monitor as we get closer to Sunday. Keep an eye on DFO. Hopefully we get some word on Saturday. It was how that's going to shake out. They actually broke a record today by dressing him. Uh, it was their sixth goalie that they've dressed this year, which was the new new record for for goalies, which is crazy. So just to show what's going on out there. So. Yeah, impressive. But like I said, he's played well in the yeah. AHL this year. So, yeah, would not be super worried about uh, going with Patera on Sunday if, if he is the one who gets the call. But, uh, yeah, again, no idea how that's going to shake up, but worth mentioning here because they're going to be such big favorites in St. Louis. Uh, and then we got the darling of the spot start segment this weekend. It's Kevin Lankin at 4% owned. The Preds are in LA on Saturday before making the short congested drive to Anaheim on Sunday where they will be big, big, big favorites. It is a dream spot start for Kevin Lankin who has performed well when called upon this season. There was even a point earlier in the year where he was just straight up outperforming Saros when Saros got off to that pretty slow start. Obviously, Saros has caught back up, but still, Lankinen, as we said, been good when he's gotten the call this year. He stopped 30 of 31 shots in his last start against the Panthers, and you have every reason to expect a similar stat line against the Ducks on Sunday. Shouldn't be of any risk uh, of him getting the more difficult start on Saturday in L.A. either. That would just completely go against any conventional wisdom there. So if you got room to drop a bench player on Saturday for Lankinen, um, given how you know full your lineup is going to be as is, I would definitely try to go out and get ahead of this one. Uh, as there's no doubt this is going to be a situation where Lankinen's ownership is going to rise easily 10 to 15% Sunday morning uh, once people realize he's going to be getting the nod against the Ducks. So that's Lankinen 1, whoever Vegas plays 2, uh, Elliott 3, Halak 4. Those are your goalies to go after this weekend. All on teams, too, that realistically should win. And, uh, and like like you said, it's good to, uh, good to have a pretty warning of who you're going to wake up to on Sunday and hit that add button. They're going to be at the top there. It's yeah. always someone funny. So Lankin, why not be Kevin? Yeah. Like if there was betting lines open on who's starting for the Preds on Sunday, I would put my life savings down on Lankin. And so if you have the room even now or even after the games on Friday, go out and get Lankin in. Uh, even just to give yourself the option of playing him on Sunday or maybe to, to protect him and yeah, uh, protect yourself and, and stop your opponent from grabbing him. Because, yeah, it's going to be a, a great, great start and a pretty free win, I would imagine. Yeah, just some uh, DFO fantasy breaking news here on the podcast. I mean, it's not going to be breaking news by the time you guys hear this, but the Dallas Stars put up 10 oh. goals on the Buffalo Sabres. On tonight. one goalie. Yeah, the funniest part is that the Sabres left Eric Comrie oh. in for all 10. He had, a seven, Pour one out for he had a 796 save percentage, and he, had, he allowed 5.92 goals above expected. This evening, it's been uh, been a tough night for Eric Comrie, who had one, I think, four or five in a row prior four, to yeah. this evening, um, and then he just got absolutely shelled. So that's hilarious. Um, Maybe they'll stop rolling three goalies out in Buffalo finally. That's all it took was a 10-goal shelling. Yeah, the good news is D did not have to mention potentially starting a Sabres goalie this weekend, so that is good news. Nice. 
Unless you're over 40 years old, you do not want to. You do not want to be touching a Sabres goalie right now. No, not at all. But all right, let's. Or they, yeah, they're over 40. Sorry. Let's talk about some pick pickups that you can make uh, that will you know progress long long term compared to the four. 10 guys we just talked about that are only going to probably be valuable for this weekend outside of maybe the, the, the uh, Calgary guys, you know, they've, they've managed to hold on to some decent long-term value, but still, um, particularly in shots leagues. Yes. So we'll start it off with some forwards uh, that are really high owned. We're not going to talk about them too much because there's really just no point. Uh, they're, you know, they're, high, you know, higher owned for a reason. That's because they've caught some fire here, but, um, Jared McCann's kind of reaching that point where it's like he, he should be picked up in, in maybe like every single league. Sure. Yeah. Um, he has just been on an absolute tear. I mean, he's had a great season to date, but like the last, um, you know, two months really have been just insane. In his last 18 games, he has 19 points, nine goals, 10 assists, uh, 55 shots on goal. You know, you'd think scoring nine goals in 18 games, a goal every other game, your shooting percentage would be ridiculously high. He is shooting just 16% over that stretch. So pretty sustainable uh, mark over his last 18 games. If you take a little bit more of a small sample size, this is exactly the last month, his last 13 games. He has eight goals, seven assists, 15 points. He's shooting 20.5%. So maybe a little bit less sustainable there. Um, but he's been just dynamite and he's playing big minutes up there around 17 minutes a night. Uh, been locked onto a line uh, with Maddie Berniers and Jordan Eberle. Their underlying metrics are pretty solid. So Jared McCann is really a guy um, that that's making a case to be owned in just about every league. Like if you're in a 10-team league, you've got to at least be considering him at the bottom of your roster right now because he's getting goal production that's pretty much unmatched at this point in time. There's literally only 16 players in the league who have more goals than Jared McCann right now across the season. And if that doesn't say you should be owned, then I don't know what does because – like, if we're talking about elite production, top 20 in a league where, you know, even a, an eight-team league is going to have over 100 players rostered, he should be in there. And, uh, you know, we love guys on top power plays, on top units. He's there. He, he checks all the boxes, and he scores goals. Uh, let a couple of Cisco. You can figure that out in other categories now. I uh, I like Jerry McCann a lot. I'm actually kind of mind-blown. It's only 52%. Probably be somewhere closer to mid-70s if... Uh, Yes, me, but I think we're also seeing a case of just where people stop paying attention in fantasy hockey on this one in some leagues or or really deep leagues. They might not need a Jared McCann, but you know, if you're in one of those leagues where he is cooking there in the free agency, get this goal production now because it doesn't look like the train's stopping anytime soon. He's just finally getting the ice time he yeah. deserves. Like we talked about him last year going over to Seattle as it finally looking like Leafs legend before that. Yeah, seriously. It finally looked like he'd be in a spot to get some actual top six minutes and then still topped out at 16 minutes a night last year. Even still in the season, he's still only fifteen forty-seven. So that's a little bit why we weren't so giddy about him earlier in the year when he was off to such a heater because, you know, he's shooting 22%. That's obviously bound to come down. But, again, finally getting the ice time he deserves. If you're looking at his last 18 games here when this heater really picked up, uh, 18 games, obviously, in that stretch, 19 points, uh, averaging 17 minutes and 19 seconds a night. Uh, and that's led to an increase in shot volume, which huge shocker. You play more, you can shoot the puck more. Who but again, that shot volume holding him back, but it was more the ice time. He was consistently yeah. around two shots a game, but you know that's kind of impressive when you consider he was only playing 15 minutes a night. Always led us to believe that if he was giving more ice time, he could uh, put up some you know uh, shot volume totals that are more in line with some of the league's best and some of the league's best goal scorers. And three shots a game in that stretch for a guy that we know is an elite finisher, if he can maintain that. And really, it's just about maintaining the ice time. And at this point, he's really just kind of taken 
um, that roll by the neck, right? He finally got up on that top line with Beneers. Doesn't look like he's going anywhere. Why would he? He's red, red hot right now. So, yeah, obviously shooting percentage is down to come back a little bit. But if you look at his season-long totals, again, it's kind of thrown off by the fact that did not start the season playing in the same role that he is right now. So uh, playing more minutes right now, you feel better about that mitigating the offset and shooting percentage because it should lead to more shots. So all over Jared McCann right now, we finally, it feels like, have a forward that can take advantage of all that puck possession out in Seattle. Yeah, it's almost like the Seattle players get hit by the Yon Gord, or Yanni Gord curse just because he, he demands so much ice time because he's so good on both sides that it hurts these guys who need 17 minutes a night. Great to see Jared McCann get over that, and uh, you know everything's trending upwards here, so... Definitely in, scoop. In the last month, he's tied for 23rd in the NHL in points. So certainly a guy that's making some waves uh, in Seattle. Let's just quickly talk while we're on this subject about Jordan Eberle. He's also on that line, significantly lower owned, down at 19%. Low key, but again, great year. Yeah, we're talking about how he, you know, this is a line that's that's had really, really good underlying metrics. Um, and obviously, you, you know, with as good as McCann's played, uh, somebody's got to be picking up apples on that line. And and Jordan Eberle, his uh, heater really kind of coincides, obviously, with what uh, we've seen out of Jared McCann. So in his last 12 games, he's picked up 13 points, four goals, nine assists, 26 shots on goal as well. So just over two shots per game, which is kind of usually the bugaboo on, on Jordan Eberle at these at least last few years. Just not really a guy that picks up a ton of shots, uh, but over two shots a game is fine. 17 minutes a night, and, and obviously 13 points in 12 games is a nice run for him. So if... if McCann isn't available. Um, Eberle is a decent fallback option. Yeah, and I I would say too, and maybe this comes as a surprise to some people, but in redraft leagues, I do like Eberle more than uh, Matty Berniers simply because, like yep. you said, the shot volume is that much better. Berniers is under two shots a game this year um, and probably just as likely to get you those assists that obviously Eberle is with a little more goal upside coming from Eberle. And then just the position. Like we know how deep the center ice position is. I don't think we've talked about how thin uh, the right wing position is this year, but definitely, you know, there's a lot of fantasy teams out there. I'm sure that have two, maybe three um, viable right wings that they can start on a given night. So if you're in that spot, Everly can produce some, some long-term value there uh, just cause yeah, they're a good team. They're, they're going to own the puck at five V five McCann's red hot. Like we talked about Vince Dunn's red hot. So there's a lot of secondary apples to go around. Um, and yeah, just a lot of reasons to like Everly, even in shallower leagues. I think anytime the matchups, right. Or the streaming schedule lines up, He's, he's going to be one of the top options out there. Yeah, especially, I, I believe we talked about it too, Seattle looking like they'll have a good playoff schedule coming up. Uh, we did that episode a couple weeks ago there. It's actually kind of crazy. Everly's on pace to break his career high in assists this year. All well, if he does reach 20 goals, reaching 20 goals for the eighth time in his career. So we're he's just, he's steady. He's steady. And he's playing in a great position. He hasn't put up double-digit power play points in three years. So it's good to see something's clicking there. And uh, it's kind of the same thing as McCann. It's just like, let it ride. But I, I totally agree. I would rather have him than Beneers going forward. Obviously, Keeper League, different story. But yeah, the uh, I think right now you're, you're going to get a near point per game from Everly from here on out. And I just don't expect that from uh, from Beneers out there. But I mean... Both, both guys I would expect to be owned in almost every 12-team league, pretty much. Uh, Ivan Barbashev's own percentage shot up after being traded to Vegas and landed on the top line with Jack Eichel. Uh, I guess the biggest issue with Barbashev, at least immediately, was like, okay, is uh, Vegas going to go out and make another move that's kind of going to bump him out of that top six? Obviously, that didn't end up happening. And he's been pretty productive. Uh, since going to Vegas, I, I don't know what he ended up doing this evening against the Lightning, but coming into tonight, he had five points, two goals, three assists 
in his first five games with the Golden Knights, playing over 18 and a half minutes a night, which is the is the real uh, nice thing that you like to see. Nine shots on goal on that stretch, obviously not great, but playing with Jack Eichel, he's going to be a guy that's probably going to pick up some assists, and obviously the guy on the other side of the ice, um, Jonathan Marcheseau, is, is a pretty talented scorer in he's his own right. He's got nothing tonight, by the way. In his own, so Five points in his last six games. But yeah, uh, Barbashev, I, I don't think we need to dive too deep on this. I think it's just a really nice opportunity. Um, not a guy that's going to break, you know, scoring records, but he is a pretty talented offensive player. It doesn't provide much on the defensive end, but playing with Barbashev or uh, uh, Marcheseau and Eichel is obviously a pretty good opportunity. Yeah, and I think this is the ideal winger for Eichel, someone who can obviously work Bang. well in their own end, help them get out of their zone, help them win pucks in the offensive zone, and a pass-first guy for a shoot-first center. Um, is, should work really well. It kind of reminds me of uh, Hyman or maybe Bunting's probably a more accurate uh, comp there just in terms of what he can bring to the line. Uh, and because of that, Coach should like him there and it should help him maintain some decent fantasy value as a result. And just like we talked about at the trade deadline episode last week, 60 points in 81 games um, when he did get that crack in the Blues top six a couple of years ago. So uh, interesting to see how he can hold up. But yeah, someone that I would definitely go after in the meantime. Yeah, and they, they don't really have a lot of other options, no, right? Like on the, on the left side, it's like Paul Cotter, uh, Riley Smith, Michael Amadia can move over there, but like they really don't have like there's Keep not dropping a lot of these names. Exactly, there's not a lot of pressure behind him. Um, so long as Mark Stone's out of the lineup, they they don't really have to you know no. move him out of the top six. So they gave up what they did for a reason at the deadline, and and then he's they gave up what they did for him to be in their top six. Exactly. Uh, okay, let's move on here to talk about Biebs's boy Nick Schmaltz. Oh, don't get me started. The heater just continues to roll on. His last 18 games, he's picked up 24 points, 13 goals, 11 assists. The issues or the red flags would be that the shot volume still remains pretty mediocre. 40 shots over that span. It's okay. It's over two shots per game. It's it's fine. The the concern would be the fact that he shot 32.5% over that stretch. But it, it really doesn't seem to matter with this guy. He just picks up points like crazy. Uh, if you take a look, you know, last year he only played 63 games. He had 59 points in that stretch. He Over has 104 points, 43 goals, 61 assists in his last 111 games. He's a near, like so close to a point per game player over an 111 game stretch. So, I mean, there's a lot to like here, obviously. Uh, he doesn't seem to slow down. And the really good news is that this team, despite being absolutely trash, whenever they play on home ice, they have a pretty good chance of winning the hockey game. And they've been extremely, extremely committed to this lineup. I don't think a team has changed their lines less than the Arizona Coyotes. Barring injuries, they don't make many changes, and they've been committed to having Keller, Barrett, Hayton, and Nick Schmaltz play together. Their underlying metrics are outstanding, and Nick Schmaltz and Keller have been magic together for, for two years now. So yeah, they got to get their five fans in the arena somehow, so you got you got to keep that, that fire line going. Um, no, I, I, I'm so happy that you popped off for him because I felt bad being the only one going crazy but I actually had the exact same 18 game span and during that same time he's been playing 1946 average time on ice uh, that's just 14 seconds off of 20 minutes you know how much we love a forward who touches 20 um, one thing too that I love about Schmaltz on top of everything we've said is that he's not really crushing you in plus minus it's somewhere that we worried when you take guys on teams like this there's always the concern like oh well we're just gonna let's just throw the plus minus category in the wind or let's just throw that category out there um, and, and he's kind of just delivered across the board. Very steady. 2025, as you said, it's great production and only 11 power play points during that span. So this man is, this line's crushing it in 5v5. If you watch Arizona games, it's kind of funny because they'll start 
they'll uh, they'll take it to the other team, and then the other three lines have to roll out, and it just uh, yeah. The, the, that's the, the second line's around. been pretty good. Yeah. Without Nick Bukestad, I think they're probably going to struggle a little bit. But Jack McBain stepped up. That second line's okay. But you're right. Like I, I kind of can't wait. I think it's probably going to happen too late because of the contracts, but. I can't wait for Clayton Keller to play on like a good team. Like if they end up being good, like he is so fun to watch. The same thing goes for Nick Schmaltz, but yeah. Clayton Keller is awesome. Like I yeah. wish he was on. Just Schmaltz is no Keller, so I agree. Keller's the one we want. It would be great to see Keller on a contender. Yeah, um, it'll it'll be interesting to see where this team goes. You know, in the next few years, and maybe Keller uh, can get a little bit of help, but he doesn't really need it. They play massive, massive minutes, as I mentioned during uh, the last two years. Uh, Schmaltz has averaged close to 19 minutes a night during his just outrageous 18-game heater that he's currently on. He's averaging over 19 minutes a night. He's actually close to 20. 1946. So, yeah, he's just been insane. Uh, Okay, same breath. Let's talk about Barrett Hayton. He is much more readily available than Nick Schmaltz, although you can pretty much bank on Nick Schmaltz's own percentage not rising because we've been talking (laughs) about him on a weekly basis. It's going to go down, actually, after a three-goal game. Yeah, exactly. He just just doesn't seem to. Nobody seems to want (laughs) to. own this guy so obviously Barrett Hayton is only just six uh six percent owned we've talked about him quite a bit in the last couple weeks so we're not gonna you know dwell on this too much longer but the numbers continue to to pour in for Barrett Hayton um always a guy that you know they they picked him early thought that he's you know got some game uh but they buried him right in the bottom six for like two years and he finally moved up to the top line this year and in that move to the top line really coincided with his breakout uh, second half here. 13 points in his last 17 games, five goals, eight assists. What's really impressive, uh, the opposite of Nick Schmaltz, is the shot volume for Barrett Hayton. Really, really impressive. 49 shots in those 17 games, uh, which averages out to 2.9 shots per game. So anybody that's around three shots per game, we're going to get really excited about. And Barrett Hayton's right there. Strict center eligibility is obviously the only real concern here, but uh, at 6% in deeper leagues, he's an outstanding pickup right now. Yeah, it does. Definitely in keeper and dynasty leagues too, if he's still available, which good chance he is still just 6% owned. Uh, I think this is a guy that could potentially offer a lot of value going into next season. We'll see what the off season looks like for Arizona. Hopefully they can keep all those pieces together. sounds like there was some interest in Schmaltz from other teams, but who knows after uh, this strong finish, maybe they look to keep him. Cause I, I do think it's just kind of a perfect match made in heaven now. And I think having another shot first guy on that line and Barrett Hayton just helps solidify Schmaltz's floor that much more. I think it helps us feel better about the lack of shot volume that you're getting out of Schmaltz. Um, and yeah, I would just say like, don't expect obviously Schmaltz to continue to shoot 30% or 25% right moving forward. But I think he's got a really nice base to fall back on in his assist totals playing with Hayton and Keller. Um, and yeah, love, love Hayton a lot. This line in general, the fact that they've been able to produce as much scoring chances and, and own as much of the puck at 5v5 as they have super, super impressive. Um, and yeah, I think all three of them are, are, are worth owning right now. Hayton probably is the one that in standard leagues, you can be a little bit more lenient with and, um, maybe just pick him up and drop him as kind of the matchups come. But whenever you can fit him into your lineup, I think Hayton's definitely worth a play right now just with how hot that line's cooking uh, and how many minutes and how well he's playing himself. Now you make a great point. I think uh, we get to that point of the season where people start asking us, you know, who, who's someone you want to attack for next year? Who's, who's a prospect you should go after? And a lot of times people are looking for guys off rosters. But if you actually do want to kind of if you are in a keeper league, that's say me. Well, you've already you already got a baseline here. Exactly, we can see what he could do. Playing eighteen minutes yeah. a night. Yeah, and uh, that's what I, I mean. Like, like if you if someone is going to go out and suggest, you know, Marco Rossi out in Minnesota, something like that, a guy who hasn't been there, done that, proven it, then why not take a chance on Barrett Hayden? Um, yeah, he and I play in a twelve-team, ten-keeper league, and I know a guy last year he went and picked up Alex Tuck late year. 
people like this are guys that make it so that you can survive in the next year. And, uh, and you know, I think at 6%, there's going to be a lot of keeper leagues when people get knocked out where he'll be sitting there. So grab him, stash him. Even if you don't keep him, he's, uh, he's very exciting. So. Yeah, good option. And then just someone to keep an eye on in the draft in late rounds next year. Because, yeah, I think, I mean, even just if you look at since he's moved up to that line, it's a 63-point pace. So for a 22-year-old guy that uh, was a fifth overall pick, as Brock alluded to in the 2018 NHL entry draft, uh, potentially obviously still improving year to year here. Uh, there's a lot to like for sure. We, uh, we had a chat about what we were going to talk about before this, uh, before this episode started. And what Biebs wanted to call it was the, uh, let's talk about players who have moved up the lineup because they play on shit hockey clubs. Uh, it was a good title. I worked all morning. Off the time. Yeah, it, I it, worked it, all morning into that. You had a coffee, really, had a smoothie. Really worked it out, eh? Uh, so TJ Oshie it would Poet. be a guy that kind of fits the bill there. Obviously a, a veteran and a guy that's played uh, a lot, but he's kind of been in and out of the lineup throughout the year. Uh, now he's getting, you know, obviously his, his continued extended run in the top six and uh, playing on the top power play unit as well. And uh, he's been pretty good as of late. 11 points, 6 goals, 5 assists in his last 10 games. 24 shots on goals and 2.4 shots per game. He's shooting 25%, but like I said, he's playing over 17 minutes a night. I don't think you guys have too much to add on TJ Oshie there. No, he's been a beast. Yeah, no, I I don't think he has as much long-term upside as some of the other names we've mentioned here. But again, anytime the, the schedule lines up and you can get Oshie in your lineup for a game, it's, it's never a bad idea. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Next on the list is uh, Brock's breakout, Seth Jarvis, who still hasn't broken out. But we talked about <laughs> him a little bit at the uh, trade deadline. 
not really too much that we can add on. And he just continues to skate on that top line with Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Svechnikov. played pretty well. Shaw volume has been very, very reliable uh, for Seth, dating back to the end of January. He's got nine points in his last 14 games, six goals, three assists. The shot volume, as I mentioned, is really uh, what is reliable from Seth. 37 shots on goal, averaging 2.7 shots per game over that span. So, uh, not bad. Beams, anything to add on Seth Jarvis? I mean, I just pretty reliable. Is he not? uh, Is he not our usual Carolina teaser? Like we always have a Carolina player. You don't need a rider. Victor Rask, maybe, maybe not Victor (laughs) Rask. I just, I don't think I've ever mentioned to say say that you supported Victor Rask. But uh, there's always a guy who, like, you want more, you expect more. It's like, come on, give me more. And then they give it to you for a couple days. But, you know what, we'll let we'll, – good for Seth. Good for Seth. He deserves a shout-out. Um, you know, if he's there and you want to get really pissed off, feel free to take him. All right, so you don't feel strongly about Seth Jarvis. I, He's playing over 16 minutes a night like now, him. which is good. I'll take yeah. – if it's Tara Vinen, if it's Seth Jarvis, if it's – well, Netchez's ownership's too high. But whoever's playing with Aho and uh, Svechnikov, I will take Yeah, him. I – I would just, yeah, I would just want to add Keeper Leagues, Dynasty Leagues. Obviously, oh, yeah. Jarvis is one to grab if he's He should there. probably be, like, 100%. above 40%, in my opinion, just he's because of the keepers. He's probably 33% owned in Dynasty Keeper Leagues and yeah. 0% yeah. owned in Redraft. I think maybe it doesn't happen next year, but over the next two to three years, like, Tara Vinen's minutes in particular are going to start taking a, a, a toll back, and, and Jarvis should be the main beneficiary. He's going to be he's gonna be a breakout guy next year. I'm calling it. I was a year too early. It usually happens we, with me. I get a Dawson lot Mercer. Yeah. Yeah. We do that every year. Exactly. Ryan Hartman is next on the list. Minnesota Wild Center. I believe he has right wing eligibility as well. Yes. Uh, he's like we talked about a little bit as uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, I think last week as well. Just back on that top line uh, with Zuccarello with Kaprizov. Now the caveat here with Ryan Hartman is that Kirill Kaprizov is expected to miss three to four weeks uh, with an injury that he suffered against the Jets yesterday. So Ryan Hartman. Um, when we were writing out this list, we did not know how long Kaprizov is going to be out. Probably not quite as valuable as he would be with Kaprizov in the lineup, obviously. Uh, but as we said, in the last month, he's been pretty reliable as well. Similar stat lines to what you'd get out of a Seth Jarvis. Five goals, four assists, nine points. Uh, the 37 shots on goal, you know, basically the exact same stat line as Seth Jarvis. Yeah, I'm not as worried because, one, I think it's going to lead to more shot volume for him. That's still a team that is going to own puck possession for yep. most of the time at 5v5. Should afford him plenty of shooting opportunities, which he loves to take advantage of. And I'm hoping it means we can finally see a true breakout for Matt Boldy yep. uh, and really get him minutes on that top line and get <laughs> him first-line minutes. And I think that could – you know, he's no Kirill Kaprasov. I'm not saying that. But I do think he could come – um, close to at least uh, providing Hartman and Zuccarello with uh, kind of some similar fantasy value to where they're at yep. with Capers. I think like. he can keep that line going. Also, uh, he's one of only two players to ever play in the NHL that was born in South Carolina. thought that deserved a shout-out. It's kind of wild. <laughs> and the only other one is Michael Kesserling, who just made his NHL debut this week for the uh, Coyotes. Zona Coyotes. So yeah. uh, A little trade deadline piece that they got. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. I just thought that was worth mentioning. I thought it was bizarre that there's only ever been until Not a this huge, week. Yeah. Not a huge hockey state. But, no. Uh, he's Hilton Head, so lots of golf. That Kesslerin guy was one of those uh, last week during trades. They'd always just add players in. Everyone yeah. has the trade first, and he was one of the ones. It was like, oh, there's there's a fourth player in this deal, and good for him getting some minutes, and good for uh, played 16 minutes, Carolina. didn't shoot the puck. I'm gonna assume he was on the ice. I'm gonna take the NHL's word for it. Yeah, he was. Cannot yeah. find any <laughs> counting stats. To Might have did the, the skate before and after. <laughs> it was just but, a 16 minute lap. <laughs> no, you make a good point um, on the fact that somebody has to now eat 
Kaprizov's 250 shots that he got within well, it, 65 it, Matt games. Boldy, 73% owned. If you're in like those 18 leagues yep. where he's still available, he's yep. he's the immediate big beneficiary there. And, and I think it's so clearly, we do not for sure have lines on them yet, but he is so clearly the guy that's going to move up because they obviously like what they had with Joel Erickson Eck and Marcus Polino and uh, Jordan Greenway before they traded them. So they're going to just go back to that Joel Erickson Eck being the shutdown guy, rely on one line again like they have been. It, as a whole, obviously, it crushes the wild. Yeah, um, They should still make the playoffs. They'll be fine there. But Matt Boldy looks like the guy that should immediately Especially move up. If they decide to do, do Marcus Johansson, I'm going to be devastated. Yeah, it could happen. But Boldy can play both wings, so I'd expect him to move up. Marcus Johansson has looked pretty sharp in his first couple games he's back someone the to wild. Keep an eye on. If he ends up moving up, I think he's somebody to keep an eye on. I don't know if Triple his position. I don't know if his value really yeah. changes much if he's with Hartman Zuccarello. He'd probably be better off with Eric Snack and yeah. Boldy, really. But um, he is another guy just to kind of keep an eye on to see what happens if his minutes or potentially Eric Snack. They could move Hartman to the wing. I yeah, doubt 100%. it. But yeah, to, to, just to. Uh, Take a look here. Erickson X uh, ownership is currently at 72% as well. Same as Matt Bolton. He's having yeah. a year. Um, okay, next on the list, former uh, Minnesota Wild. It's been a while, but he was there. Uh, Nino Niederreier Fair. next on the list. Uh, how long has it been since he was there? Since 2019. Okay, so it's been a while. Um, in Playoff his first five killer. games with the Winnipeg Jets, two goals, two assists, four points, 13 shots on goal, playing over 18 minutes a night. This is the most ice that he's ever seen in his career is this the time it was a five years early yeah. on Nino Niederreiter perhaps but yeah currently skating you know every single night in that top six uh currently with Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor that was supposed to actually be Ehlers Mark Shifley and Nino Niederreiter um but when Pierre-Luc Dubois was ruled out yesterday they decided to move Connor back up there but regardless whether it's Connor whether it's Ehlers you got to feel pretty good about who Nino Niederreiter is skating with and even when PLD was in the lineup uh, Nino Niederreiter on the top power play unit so he's yeah. got the top power play he's got the top line nailed down and you really can't ask for better opportunity beeps no I think you nailed it uh one thing we we've just always asked for from the fantasy hockey gods is a couple more minutes for Nino and it looks like he's finally not going to get out of there um out of that top six especially like you said with with PLT that kind of being a test of how things would move around, and and he's he's stuck. It's not like Mason Appleton's taking his spot. Sacramento line is not taking his spot either. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a. I think at thirty percent, this is a sneaky guy before the playoffs that you might want to get your hands on now. We love the top power play guys. We love line one guys. And granted, he might not be with Connor and Shifley, but if he's with like you said, Ehlers and Shifley, he's in a pretty pretty damn good spot. Um, and if you put him out there for 17 minutes, he's going to get a point probably at least two-thirds of the games. Um, so I think we, we honestly, we're kind of just finally seeing Niederreiter used in maybe a position he maybe just wasn't good enough man. to be on on other teams. That This maybe just shows how that the Jets might not have the strongest top six. They do, though. <laughs> but they do, and he makes they just, the, they just he makes the perfect fit. That's what it is. Yep. And, we, it, and you know what? It, it takes a while, but maybe he's finally found it. And, and it's me, obviously getting quite jumpy over five games but it's just the trends are there and we like looking at trends you just you're you're probably not going to find anybody on this list outside of like the nick schmaltzes uh that are in a better opportunity than what you get out of nino niederreiter speaking of good opportunities though um anthony duclair back in the panthers lineup uh this afternoon um was not on the ice but he uh he is day-to-day so it's worth mentioning that there's a chance that he 
could not play. They they sound optimistic like he will be in the lineup on Friday. So just keep an, you know, an eye on that. But since returning to the lineup, he's been pretty productive, which is not surprising. He's been skating in that top six uh, with Alexander Barkov. One goal, two assists, three points in his first five games. 16 shots on goal. Back to doing kind of exactly what we saw from Anthony Duclair yesterday. Um, not a whole lot to really report if he's hurt, but if he is good to go Friday, um, like you said, pretty good streaming option. Obviously, they're one of the uh, four teams playing tomorrow, yep. currently just 23% on. Yeah, great option tomorrow if you have the acquisitions to burn and aren't looking to get you know two games in for the price of one. Um, and honestly, just great to see the guy healthy again because this is someone that I, I think we all believe is could be on the cusp of a breakout if you know maybe similar to Nino Niederreiter if he finally got those top-line minutes. Um, 16 minutes so far in those first five games. I, I don't know. I think his best chance of getting on the top power play unit is probably uh, taking the spot of Sam Reinhart, but he's obviously been playing really well lately yeah. too. So doesn't really seem like that can happen, sort of an injury, because they're really married to having Montour and Ekblad both on that top unit. Uh, so that is unfortunate. Still, I think this is a guy with kind of 30-30 pace potential moving forward. Even if he's staying around 16 minutes a night, you love seeing that the shot volume's there, 16 shots in five games. So that's all great to see, and hopefully he can just stay healthy um, and maybe just head into next year, finally try to lock up maybe 17, 18 minutes a game because I do think this is a guy that could push for a point per game mm-hmm. if he was giving top line, top power play minutes. Yeah, a few weeks ago when we were talking about him, we kind of, I, I kind of mentioned, you know, be patient with him. It's going to take a bit, and you really haven't had to be patient, which is kind of nice for Duclair. So I still think even after five games, he's coming off a 65-game uh, injury, he's still, I think, the best is yet to come here. Well, and we just said, like, the thing with Duclair was just make sure he's going to be playing in that top six before and yeah, you add him. Exactly. And he, and he is. Um, Jason Zucker's next. He's got eight goals, zero assists in his last 10 games, firing 2.6 shots per game. Obviously, the 30% shot uh, shooting percentage is a little bit inflated. The real hilarious thing is, you know, playing with a guy as good as Evgeny Malkin, even Brian Rust, um, Zucker just not picking up any helpers, but the goals have been really impressive. In his last 20 games, this man has got 10 goals and just one assist. Uh, but the shot volume continues to be really, really strong. Uh, Scored again tonight, too. Did he score again yeah, today? He so he's got nine goals yeah. in his last 11, I believe it is. So, yeah, he's been heating up. Um, similar to that top line. Like, obviously, Gensel, uh, Raquel Crosby are very good. But every single night, man, Zucker, Rust, Malkin put up the exact same underlying metrics. They're both, you know, they got... As much as that team has struggled for whatever reason, mostly defensively, they're offensively, they're still a really, really good hockey club. And I think Zucker is being pretty overlooked. No, yeah. I, I, usually I'm going to want to go after guys who are on a power play or, power, or top line. But if you're not and you're in a league where you can't get those guys, I think this is just about the best you can get otherwise. As we're, as we're saying, you know, seven goals in his last six games to even condense that that little 11-game uh, spread you had there just to make it look even better for Jason Zucker uh, lately. It's uh, clearly something's working right now. I mean, he's shooting at 37.5%. Not sustainable, but even bring that down about 20%. He has 16 shots in those five games. We love that pace. That's over three a game. Um, when you're getting over three a game, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's another thing. It's another one of those trends that you like to see. So um, for me, it's, uh, it's a guy who isn't going to touch the power play. There really isn't a chance for him to break into that top unit. But if you're going to take someone who's not, um, I like him. Otherwise, I, I pretty much like every name on here that does touch a power play above him. But, you know, it's fun. Anthony Beauvillier touches the top power play unit in Vancouver. And I like it more. And he's been awesome since joining the Canucks. This is probably my favorite line in the entire NHL. I play him on, on ever? DFS ever, every single night. 
They're just so good. Yeah. Kuzmenko, Beauvillier, and Elias Vision. I've always liked Beauvillier. I thought he was good and just never really got that chance to break out. I was dying laughing during the uh, the Boat Horvat trade because all the Islanders uh, fans were coming out like, enjoy like the the future, the prospect, uh, Anthony Beauvillier, he's never going to reach his potential. And he looks great with Elias Patterson. 13 points in his last 13 games. He's averaging um, just over two shots per game, 2.3 shots per game. But it's not like... Uh, it's not like, you know, five shots one game, zero shots the next game. It's a reliable two, three shots every single night. Top line, top power play unit playing over 1842 time on ice. I really, we, you know, a lot of this talk, you know, like Beeb said, this is going to be a, an episode of guys playing on bad teams that are getting minutes that they probably weren't getting elsewhere. And Beauvillier is a perfect example of that eating minutes for the Canucks right now. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of value to be had rest of the season and even in keeper leagues just because hopefully that blue line will get a little bit better year over year and just afford them a little bit more puck possession. I think that's the only thing really holding back his shot volume right now because we saw him earlier at earlier points in his career operate comfortably over two shots a game Mm -hmm. while playing 15, 16 minutes a night. So now that he's up to almost 19 minutes a night, um, I would say not disappointing, but I you know, we were maybe hopeful or maybe expecting to see three shots a game. I just don't think there's enough possession on that team for that to really be. Elias Pedersen likes to shoot too. Yeah, that too. But Kuzmenko doesn't. So mm-hmm. he likes just to score goals and really likes to pick his chances. But yeah. he doesn't rack up the shots. So there's opportunity there. But I think the real issue is uh, the Blue Liners just cannot afford to keep, <laughs> to get them the puck. They so can't bad. keep the puck in the zone. So, um, yeah, that's where we need to see some serious turnover this offseason for the Canucks. And, and I think that can really unlock some further potential for Beauvillier. But in this spot, playing with Elias Pedersen, with how good he's looked this season, uh, you have to love it. And Kuzmenko, too, again, you know, I I think we all agree there's some regression coming to Kuzmenko, but at the same time, he's quite clearly a very talented goal scorer. Um, and it should just opt for, if anything else, a lot of nice, easy secondary apples for Beauvillier the rest of the season. Hopefully that shot volume continues to improve. Because, uh, yeah, he's a career 12% shooter, so if he gets the opportunities, yeah. I, I think there's some really, really good goal-scoring upside here. Getting Phil Peronic healthy and back in the lineup should help the, the puck movement a little bit. Most puck out of their, their own end. Uh, that's why they went out and got him. So hopefully he's back healthy soon because that'll certainly help Pedersen and Beauvillier. Kuzmenko. Uh, Pedersen in that same 13-game stretch since um, Beauvillier arrived, 21 points in 13 games, uh, averaging 3 Point five shots per game. If you I, have the option, would you rather have Beauvillier, Niederreiter, or Zucker? You have uh, they're all they're all they I'd all rather, fill the wings. I think Beauvillier would be my. my I pick. was going to say Beauvillier as well probably leads the pack for me. And then, Beauvillier, Niederreiter, or Zucker. And I think in that order, that I would, would say Beauvillier just because I think his top line spot is more secure. If, if I were, if someone could like sign, and give me a contract there. in paper, said Nino's going to be on Shifley and Connor or Shifley and Ehlers wing rest of the season. I might lean there, but otherwise, I just think Beauvillier's usage is a lot more secure. I feel pretty good about Nino's role, just because, like, like Beeb's kind of alluded to, he doesn't have a ton of pressure coming up behind him. Yeah, like in terms on of the right wing, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, but even still, I, I think that Beauvillier offers a lot there. Um, but yeah, he, he'd be slightly ahead of Nino for me. I'm just, you know, probably a little bit hesitant to jump all in on Nino again. Sure, I feel the same way with Beauvillier because yeah. after he had those 40 points in 60 games as a 22 year old, I was touting him as the next big breakout. But that's yeah. just tough to do on Long Island. Um. I think we need to talk about Jakob Vrana up to 16% owned. Just quickly, uh, he had six shots and six... What an utter embarrassment for Steve Eisenman. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Continue. Uh, six shots and 16 and a half Your minutes... Your silence is compliance, but go ahead. ...in, in his uh, <laughs> Blues debut. And then I got an alert here a minute ago. He just scored his first goal... Uh, with the Blues, his second of the season. And uh, so far tonight, obviously the game is, is not 
over, but he's played 11 and a half minutes, already has three shots on goal and has scored a goal. So he's on pace for like six goals, I think. Yeah. So he's uh, obviously a really talented <laughs> goal scorer. Things didn't work out in Detroit. Obviously, uh, you know, fell into the NHLPA program, uh, assistance program, and it just kind of all went uh, haywire there. Seventh round draft pick. Though. So yeah, you know, they, 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 Nobody wanted to pick him up off waivers. Um, it just kind of didn't work out for Detroit. I'm not here to defend the Red Wings, but from a fantasy hockey perspective, um, yeah, the shot volume's great. He's obviously a sniper. I, I think the the one thing that's great about Verona, aside from the fact that he's uber talented, is that we saw Kasperi Kapanen get picked up by the Blues, and they immediately started giving him huge minutes. Facts. So I, I think that you're looking at Verona in the exact same way. And obviously he's more talented than Kapanen. Uh, Kapanen's average in his first four games with the Blues, 17 and a half minutes. Um, he has <laughs> 10 shots in four games. He has two goals as well. He could be somebody in super deep leagues to look yeah. at. Um, but Verona is a guy on the power play unit, uh, top power play unit, excuse me, and then in the top six for the Blues. Just real quick free throw to Beeb's banger leagues too for Kapanen. He's got seven hits in his first four games. So some upside there. You know, obviously he's played bottom line roles in the past. And I just want to add, it's not a talent issue with Verona and it doesn't really seem to be like obviously the off ice issues are a concern. Yeah. Doesn't matter to you. Seems to be behind him. The real issue no one wanted him was just the cap hit. Just so hard yeah. to fit that in mid season, right? So I, I would just I just wanted to put that out there. The Blues after trading everybody had plenty of room. Yeah. Um hilarious tonight that the second line for the Blues was Yakov Vrana, Pavel Buchnevich at center. Now giving Buch a look at center with Kasperi Kapanen on the other wing. So why are they on just, a six game losing streak? They're just going all in here. They got Buchnevich at center with Verona and Kapanen. Reminds me of that guy at work who just loves to complain about his job, but is just constantly taking the shittiest jobs. And it's like, <laughs> if, you know, maybe just try a little bit harder to not get upset all the time and try to control those that context. And you know, maybe you wouldn't be such a yeah. That room grump. seems like it's kind of lost itself. Yeah, yeah, Robert Thomas doesn't seem super super thrilled with Craig Ruby. Uh, Owen Tippett though is is kind of the prototypical. The tippet point guy playing nice. big Thanks. minutes on a shitty shitty hockey team. We've actually been talking about Tippett quite a bit this season. He has come up um, on the show at, you know, probably the fifth time this year uh, at least, and he's got ten points, five goals, five assists in his last uh, seventeen games. And just what we really like out of Tippett, obviously the, the minutes right now over eighteen and a half minutes a night, but it's the shot shots, volume. Shots, it, yeah, it, shots, it is shots, shots. the LMFAO. Theme song playing <laughs> always when you think about Owen Tippett. Three Little point, John's favorite player. Three point six shots uh, per game since the middle of January. So yeah, the shot volume, the usage is great. Um, with that shot volume, he's obviously going to score goals. And you know, a formerly uh, highly touted prospect, um, a guy with a really really good shot, and he's playing huge minutes for this team. So um, yeah, a lot to like here about. Uh, Owen Tippett. Absolutely massive minutes. He's over 25 minutes a game in the last three contests, those three games since the trade deadline. It's insane. It's tough to imagine where he'd be if they did actually trade JVR. Probably over 30 minutes a night. But, um, yeah, I mean, talked about it earlier this year. Don't want to draw on it too much. But this is a guy that was able to put over two shots a game last year while playing less than 13 and a half minutes a night. So, absolutely not a surprise at all to see him ripping the puck over three times a game while playing 16 and a half minutes. And obviously that should just continue to climb. Wish he had some more talent to really carry play and set him up more often and just get him some more consistent opportunities in the offensive zone. But yeah, I think this is a guy who's just a super sneaky play. Plus minus will be an issue the rest of the year. So you got to take that in consideration, but um, going to be a really sneaky source of shots and uh, should be goals as well the rest of the year. Uh, and another guy that in keeper leagues, if we For see sure. a quick turnaround on that Philadelphia roster, uh, and he you know, kind of holds on to his role after impressing this year, uh, could be a really nice piece moving forward. 
Okay, just a couple of names to just throw out there for the super, super deep leagues. If you're looking for somebody to help at the bottom of your roster, these are guys that, uh, like Beeb said, shitty teams. Somebody's got to play. Tommy Novak Tommy. for the Nashville Predators has been really, really solid. Uh, big numbers, 12 uh, points, excuse me, 5 goals, 7 assists in his last 9 games. The shot volume leaves a lot to be desired, just 13 shots, shooting 38%. So the goal production... Probably not going to be too impressive moving forward. But obviously, in these super deep leagues, he's only like 6% owned. Um, definitely a guy that can you know, chip in, in in those really deep leagues. If you're in a league with super deep rosters, uh, somebody that can help. And, and currently... You know, he kind of seems to bounce around a little bit. It, it, it's first line, it's second line, it's first line, it's second line. Sometimes he's with Duchesne, sometimes he's not. Um, if you're not familiar with Tommy Novak, he was a third-round pick in 2015 out of the University of Minnesota. Prior to being called up this year, 26 points in 25 AHL games. Uh, he had 34 points in 42 AHL games a season ago, but not a big goal scorer, more of a playmaker. So if you're looking for goals, Tommy Novak, probably not your guy. And in that same vein, super duper deep leagues, Cody Glass is getting a lot of those same minutes yep. as well. He's just 1% owned, really doesn't like shooting the puck at all. He told me he just hates it. Um, so <laughs> yeah. confirmed. Yeah, keep that in mind. But again, deep, 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 deep leagues. This is a guy that's getting a lot of opportunity. Um, and yeah, just not the type of opportunity you would normally see associated with a 1% owned player. Speaking of opportunity, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, traded away everybody, so there's plenty of opportunity to go around. They've been giving it to Lucas Reichel, Philip Kurishev, Andreas Athanasiu. Those are their, Who wants it? That is their top line. Andreas Athanasiu. <laughs> I heard six, Scott Foster starting at yeah. first line center next game. <laughs> Andreas Athanasiu, six points in his last six games, uh, 11 shots on goal, playing over 18 minutes a night. And then just another name from that team that, Taylor. You know, if you're in the uh, the dynasty keeper leagues, Lucas Reichel obviously is going to be a full timer for them next year. Uh, 17th overall pick in 2020, really really good numbers at the AHL level. Since coming back up from the AHL, he has a point in every single game, a goal and two assists. Uh, the shot volume hasn't been outstanding, uh, but the minutes are certainly there. Played 1851 against the Red Wings. Uh, Obviously, points are going to be a little bit tough to come by playing with Kurashev and Athens CU, but that line's been very productive in their three games together, so we'll see where it goes. We're going to need to see some serious turnaround on that roster for, I think, for him to return value next year, but... I mean, you're really just one lottery win away from potentially being Connor Bedard's line mate in oh, yeah. 82 games. So yeah. uh, that would be the one reason why I would literally just hold on to him if they win the lottery. I'd probably consider keeping him. If not, you could probably let him go because it's going to be a couple years before they get him a center worth playing with. No, I was just thinking too, like it's it's funny we were talking about how Barrett Hayden could be like this great keeper, but I'm like, man, if they win Bedard, like this is is he just irrelevant again? Mm -hmm. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. And, yeah. and even uh, even deeper leagues though, Taylor Radish is kind of a random guy who honestly. Kind of deserves the minutes he's been getting lately. Uh, he's top power play unit's been helpful. Yeah, and, and a two goal night the other night. Someone who I could definitely see catching fire. It not catching fire, but getting hot. Um, if if things do start to go right, he has twelve shots in his last four games. So Taylor Radish, someone to keep it, an eye on. It's hilarious. I did my DFO show the other day, uh, and I was talking about that line, and I'm like, you know, this is a line that could probably do a little bit of damage against the Detroit Red Wings, especially a guy like Radish and Tyler Johns because they're on the top power play. I think Radish scored two goals, yeah, yeah. but it was hilarious because the previous game, if you're looking at the box score, who did they play? 
Ottawa. Ottawa. That line got out coursed eighteen to nothing. I've yeah. never seen a line have like Cole a gut minute center. Like they do it. definition they, of caved in. They played like ten and a half minutes or something and didn't even fire a single puck towards the opposition goal. Oh, Just man. caved in eighteen to zero in the Corsi four. So That's I was tough. like, I was a little bit hesitant. I'm like, I don't know if I can really recommend playing Tyler Johnson, Cole Gutman, and Taylor Haddish when they just got absolutely murdered the what was the before. ozone start percentage yeah, i don't i didn't even look at it, it was it was probably high um, the next the, or sorry the last word i just want to throw out there is jordan greenway when he was acquired by the buffalo sabers all you i tweeted out that um <laughs> you crazy you man. know I, I i would be interested to see where he fits in that lineup as a big rugged Top four line. checker i thought that the immediate fit seemed like a guy that could replace uh alex tuck on the top line seven points 45 games with tage thompson and jeff skinner Obviously, a guy that has not produced very much offensively to date. Uh, I always just think back to the World Juniors where he was just bigger than everybody and dominated. But he was after spending the uh, <laughs> that did happen after spending the first two games with the Sabers in the bottom six. He was promoted uh, to the top line tonight with Tage <laughs> Thompson and Jeff mm. Skinner. They got absolutely <laughs> shit on. Yeah, they 10 did. Ten nothing. That's got to be the first ten burger of the season, right? I don't. Yeah, I think it's the first one in a long shit time. on ten nothing or not ten nothing ten four. But he did score a goal, so he played fifteen minutes. That's nice. If he if he ends up playing, you know, an extended run here with Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner in deep leagues, I think he's got to at least be worth a look. At least be considered. Um, because, yeah, like obviously that's been a role that was really productive. Next week, the real reason this is why I'm bringing him up is next week, the Buffalo Sabres have four games. They play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. The perfect streaming schedule. So get the Sabres in your lineup, and Greenway looks like a guy that could be pretty valuable. If they move Jack Quinn back up to that line, then I'm going to be just as back in on Jack Quinn. Just as back in on Jack Quinn. Look at that. I would say just bang, too. That's... I. I kind of tune out for a bit because I have such little interest in Jordan Greenway, but <laughs> hits leagues and turned it off. I mean, his shot totals are somewhat impressive for the little amount. Oh, he so plays. you're starting to buy Ooh. in a little? No, I'm not. Do like I don't Jordan? think there's any hard production coming here. But points leagues, banger leagues, shots league, there's some, uh, I guess, additional value. To if he goes there. to the net and Tage Thompson rips them routinely off of his body and they go in the net, those are goals. Sure. Are you the guy who signed David Clarkson for the Leafs? Because it sounds like a pretty similar logic. <laughs> Let's talk about some blue liners. We don't really have a whole lot to add because we talked about all of these guys last week, and they're all pretty high-owned, so most most likely they're not going to be available in your league. But Dimitri Bobby Orloff continues <laughs> to be very productive for the Bruins, and the real reason we're bringing him back up Well, what did we say was, last week? We said... He was promoted to the top power play unit. And we said there's no way that could happen. And it happened immediately. <laughs> so promoted to the top power play unit tonight. I do not believe he got on the board. Uh, but yeah, since joining the Bruins coming into this evening, nine points in five games. Obviously somebody that we do not anticipate to continue shooting 37.5%. But on the top power play with Bergeron, with Marshawn, with DeBrusque, and David Pasternak, I think if you've picked him up, you got to continue to ride this wave. If he's available in your league, he is the best defenseman available on the wire. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's, it's, I mean, we have to just completely walk back what we said last week. It, it doesn't make seem to make a whole lot of sense that he got the spot over Lindholm. I get McElhoff has been struggling, yeah. but uh, Hampus has played well this year when given the chance in that top spot. So a little surprising, especially considering Orlov basically could never get a sniff on the top power play unit his entire time. 
Um, or like just how about Matt Grizzly? Like we always thought maybe he would be a fit, and just like they would never give him that opportunity. And <laughs> yeah. Bobby Orloff's been here for like five minutes, yeah. and like you're on the top. Well, that's dude, what happens when you get off the heater, healthy. I guess. But yeah, because yeah, it's like what's going on here? <laughs> he never had more than six power play points in a season with the Capitals. Um, so super, super surprising. To have I mean, see he happen, did play but... with John Carlson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Carlson suffered some injuries, and even then, he wasn't always the first one to get the call. We saw that this year, where the ghost of Eric Gustafson came back and started just feasting on those power play opportunities. Yeah, the ghost went away, just ripping bombs. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, but as long as he's in that spot, like he's absolutely has to be picked up. Hundred like, percent. Yeah, it's one of the best power plays in the league. Evan Bouchard is next on the list. We talked about him last week as being the number one guy to pick up. I still think that he's up there, fifty nine percent. He's on that top power play unit with the McDavid's and Drysaddles and all those guys. He had three assists two games ago. He scored a goal tonight against the Boston Bruins. He's in, eating minutes right now as well since the Tyson Berry trade. Uh, we talked about this at the start of the year. If you just give this man minutes, give him top power play unit usage, he's going to be a horse. He, coming in tonight, I don't know how many minutes he played, but he played 20-48 in the previous four games. Uh, just absolutely eating minutes on the top power play unit as well. Lots to like about Evan Bouchard. It is the best power play not only in the league, but like all time. Yeah, 20 minutes tonight, so yes, just consistent. Maintaining. But again, um, as long as he can get that, that's what he did last year, put up 43 points yeah, he could in 81 have 14 games. 14 minutes a game in, and yeah, as long as the power play. Exactly. Play. That was only with seven power play points. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a guy that can just feast at 5v5 with the big boys and get the puck on net. But, yeah, if he's on that top power play, he himself is a goal-scoring threat, which is more than they've had all year with Tyson Berry occupying that spot. But, again, he's just going to pick up those sweet and easy power play apples that Tyson Berry has feasted on his whole career. We weren't exactly sure what the Shane Goss's bear usage was going to look like in Carolina, but we now know that he is going to be on the second power play unit. So we talked about how productive Brady Shea was on a unit. We said, though, there was a pretty good chance that Goss's bear could remove him from a unit, and that is exactly what happened. That instead of going with the 1A, 1B setup, they've completely... Uh, gone top heavy again with Brent Burns on the top unit, Shane Gosses Bear on the second unit. But Gosses Bear doesn't really seem to mind. Uh, he had two goals, two assists, four points in his first three games with the Hurricanes. Uh, fired eight shots on goal while playing 17 and a half minutes. Tonight, he did not get on the score sheet, but did have another three shots on goal. The minutes, a little bit less, 14 minutes. So um, the minutes are a concern, but at the end of the day, this is a guy that's not really going to be playing um, difficult minutes. That's why they've got Yakim Slavin, and they've got Brady Shea, and they've got Brett Pesci. You're going to see... Um, you're going to see plenty of offensive zone starts here uh, for Shane Goss's Bear currently sitting at 67% offensive zone start rate through four games, uh, three games, excuse me. And yeah, so I think the production is going to be there. The minutes are probably a little bit less reliable than the other guys we are talking about. The final man, speaking of reliable minutes, Rasmus Sandin Oof. of the Washington Capitals. We Oof. talked about him last week, how you need to go out and pick him up. We said... Bouchard would be number one. Sandine should be number two. He's on the top power play unit with the Capitals. Um, but he's also just eating an insane amount of minutes. So his first two games with the Capitals, he played 21-40 and 25-06. Beebs, how many minutes did he play tonight? 29-58. And it went to overtime, but still 29 so, no minutes. Bro, but at this rate, it means next game he has to play at least 33-50. Um, Confirmed. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah, because he's going up four minutes a game. Did he get any points tonight? Uh, he did not, but he had okay, two he shots, had a, was a plus two. Okay, a goal and four assists in three games since joining the Capitals, playing anywhere between 21 and 55 minutes a night. It sounds like a good pickup to me. Decent. Yeah, no, I'm going to take that. I, I actually play in a league where I never play any defensemen. Uh, I have four slots, and I usually only roll one, and I picked up Sandine. I think I'm going to roll with him for a little bit. I picked up Bouchard and Sandine in a, in a league where my defense were like... <sighs> 
they were okay. Like I had Eric Carlson, who's obviously been a freak, yes. but then like my next points. my next three were just really really lacking. I kind of just took a a dump on all of them and didn't really care in the draft after getting Carlson, and uh, he ended up being great, carried me. And now I've got Sandine Carlson and. Um, Bouchard feeling really good. Also, Jared that. McCann shorthanded goal, so he now has another one. <laughs> Does he really? He's Amazing. now in the top. I saw your fist bump, and I figured scoring. he scored. Yeah. Yep. They um, were down three nothing though. Eight minutes in. So. Yes, they were. I saw that. Uh, okay, and then just quickly, we're going to talk about Peter Kachekov. He was at, I believe, twelve percent when he got called up. He climbed up to 21% today when I wrote my streaming article and had him as my streamer of the day. I'm him. assuming that I fully am responsible yeah. for this 5% climb. You pushed him. Because yeah. he's Nothing at 20, to do with the shutout. He has at 26%. <laughs> he shut out the Philadelphia Flyers this evening. That is his third NHL shutout in like not a lot of playing time. No. Uh, but yeah, he's been really good coming into tonight. Uh, 9-12 save percentage in his career. 9-13 save percentage this season. Stopped, I think it was 19 of 19 this evening. Uh, they also have a back-to-back this week. So he's probably going to play this weekend. It's actually his fourth shutout, by the way. Fourth shutout. He's now, he's now top five in the NHL in shutout. The only concern here is we don't know exactly uh, what the issue is with Antti Ranta. They made it seem like it's not overly serious, but this is a guy with a lengthy injury history. There's absolutely zero reason to rush him back. You've got Anderson locking on the crease. Kachekov is proven to be more than capable. So I wouldn't be surprised even if Ranta's slightly nicked up if he's held out a little bit longer just to make sure we already know what happened with them last year in the playoffs so I think Kachekov probably gets a decently long look the two matchups this weekend um Vegas and New Jersey aren't great but if he gets one of those games he's probably going to be a better spot start than most um on your on your current roster next week they have the Rangers twice and then a back-to-back against the Bruins and Maple Leafs wouldn't be surprised if he sees a couple games next week too if Ranta's still out I was gonna say Ranta just proved how easy it is to win there it's 15-1-2 with a 909 save percentage you really don't have to you know crush it per se post a 9-10 and you're gonna win 15 of 16 games so uh I think that just goes to show how good of a spot start he can be or how good of a start he can be yeah like the only issue is that he's obviously the one that's going to get sent back down once they're all healthy, simply yeah. just from a logistics standpoint. He's the one that they can move. Uh, the other guys are on one ways, but uh, if he's somehow out there in a keeper or dynasty league, he should absolutely be picked up because this is just kind of solidifying you know, his, uh, I guess, uh, audition here into the starting role for next season because both Ranta and Anderson are on expiring contracts. Personally, I would expect them to maybe re-sign someone like Ranta or, or re-sign Ranta or sign somebody like him that can come in and uh, potentially start a good amount of games But I, in, in case Kachekov falters a little bit. But I think any time you can get cheap uh, or get value out of your goaltending and not have to pay for it, it's absolutely worth doing. They dominate the puck so much that you can survive with even a 900 save percentage. He's been much better to that to this point in his career. So, yeah, just a phenomenal target to pick at in uh, keeper and dynasty leagues. And however long he plays in the meantime, he's going to be worth starting. Um, I mean, you know the downside in points leagues. They just don't give up a lot of shots. So it's the same issues that Ranta and Anderson are going to face. But it uh, makes up for that with some easy victories for sure. Cam Talbot also at three to four weeks. So Mad Sogard's probably a guy you're going to want to target. The Senators adding some pieces at the deadline. Look like a pretty good hockey club up 3-1 currently against the Kraken. Sogard's between the pipes. He looks like their, their starter right now. Anton Forsberg and Cam Talbot both out. Sogard sitting at 15% owned. Definitely somebody to consider. Yeah, pick your matchups, but for sure. 
Um, yeah, so Kachekov's there. I, I, I still feel really strongly um, about Jonas Corposalo. His own percentages climbed up to 37%, but I really, really like uh, picking him up at the moment. Um, any other goalies? Akira Schmid, I guess, is probably worth yep. a shout as well. Nice 12% owned. Vitek Vanasek's game has completely fallen off a cliff. Yeah. I think he's given up at least three goals in five or six straight games. Um, and Akira Schmid's been really solid. He got a win against the Capitals tonight as well. He's been really reliable. And I think with Vanacek struggling pretty mightily, and then you still have Mackenzie Blackwood on the shelf, Akira Schmid could, you know, be kind of falling backwards into a starter's role, kind of like what we saw with Nico Dawes a season ago. Um, just to clarify here on Vanacek's numbers, he's given up at least three goals um, in five straight starts. He's given up at least four goals in four of his last five. Uh, but just to show how good the Devils are, they've won three of those five games despite him having an 821 save percentage. So a couple goalies as well. Uh, I really like Schmid if he's going to see some playing time. I love what you get out of Corpus Allo. Sogard is okay. Um, and if Kachekov gets an extended run here, he's excellent. Yeah, whenever Kachekov plays, he's worth putting in your yep. lineup because they're more than likely going to win the game. Very tough. Like we just talked about it. Very tough matchups coming forward. Their next six starts are all difficult. But you don't still hate gonna... getting a decent amount of shots against. For no, exactly. It, it, it's going to be helpful if anything. So um, that's going to do it for season eight, episode thirty-three of the DFO Fantasy Podcast, presented to you by our friends from Betway. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you don't dislike the waiver conversation because. This is where it's going to go for pretty much the rest of the season. We'll cover some more keeper stuff um, for, for those of you that are you know maybe out of it and guys that we want to target for keeper leagues and stuff like that. We'll change it up a little bit, but we're starting to win championships here at the end of the day. So it's going to be streamers. It's going to be waiver wires moving forward. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. I'm Brock Seagull Guy. Dylan D. Berthew, Michael B's Bondi. See you next week. Can't wait to bring you more streamers. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.